everyone, welcome to Beyond Sunday. We are in the fourth week of our Listen, Learn, Love series. Uh, we are wrapping up this teaching series, but just beginning a journey of racial reconciliation, uh, progress as a church that I am really excited about. Um, with you is myself, who got to preach this weekend. Um, how'd I do, guys? Phenomenal. Oh, great. So fit, fishing for affirmation. Look at that. How'd I do? How'd I do? <laughs> um, with me is uh, Faith Alfer and Pastor Steve Madsen. Thank you both for joining. Uh, if you don't know Faith, Faith has been a part of Cornerstone for quite a How many years now, Faith? You know, coming up on 12 years. Yeah, riding through the good times and the bad and all in between. Um, it's church. So um, thanks for joining in and excited to kind of hear your perspective. I, before we dive into some of the topics from this weekend, um, you know, we had a whole four-week series that we've been through as a church, and I wanted to kind of just kind of take your temperature for the two of you. You know, how has this four weeks been for you? Obviously, you know, Faith, you've been kind of listening and receiving in a way and watching us. Um, and then Steve, you've been leading it and or helping organize it. Um, from you know your angle of things, but I'd just like to hear from 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 both of you around this journey over the last four weeks, plus you know everything that's been happening in our country. So, who wants to go first? Steve, it's your church, Reverend. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you're the only one who calls me Reverend. Reverend, um, you know, it's been a tough four weeks because we've had to look at some ugly stuff and. Uh, some of us were watching the news way too much during the week. So when we came to church, some of us kind of wanted a break from it. But church is the best place to be talking about this stuff. And so uh, we started a conversation that we should have been having a long time ago. And um, we didn't do it all right. We said some things that I wish we would have said differently, you know, little comments here and there. But for the most part, I feel like... Uh, we spoke up as a church, which is the church's job and the church's responsibility to speak prophetically into culture. And uh, so I'll come back to that a little bit because I have a couple of thoughts about that. But I just, I don't know. I thought I was really proud of our speakers and uh, uh, I, I honestly didn't completely agree with everything that was said, but that's not the issue. The issue is for us to not have this uh, single thing that we all agree on, but to get us all to think uh, to, like we said, to listen and learn so that we can love. And so I've done a lot of listening in during the weekdays. Uh, the two groups I've been listening to the most are African Americans telling their story and the uh, police officers telling their story. And there is a lot of, there's a lot of stories. So anyway, I just appreciate our Cornerstone community, uh, for hanging in there with this and getting to the other side of it. Mm -hmm. But we really just started. We're going to, we're going to stay with this uh, conversation over the years from now on. Yeah. Faith, how about you? I love our Cornerstone community and Steve, thank you so much for sharing that uh, because I have felt what you said. We're just going to turn that phone right off. Okay. Hallelujah. <laughs> Stop it. I'm doing Beyond Sunday. Oh, people watch. All your fans, yeah. All my fans. But what I really love and what I'm proud about is what you said. We're taking the next step. And I think what's happening is people are very uncomfortable with 
well, you know, things are fine the way they are. Well, clearly they aren't. And this is why we're doing this. This is why we're having a conversation. This is why we're educating. This is why we're talking. This is why we're loving. This is why we're learning. And I am very, very hopeful. I'm extremely excited. I'm clearly pumped because I feel like the church is going to be the leader. Number one, we're not talking politics. We're talking about the church. What does God say? What does God want us to do? You know, I'm thinking back in 1963, when Martin Luther King did his speech, I have a dream because of what he really saw, what he really wanted for his family, right? And for his church and how they marched and they, and, they, and they prayed and they prayed and they marched, but he said, hey, I have a dream, this is what I see. And then what happened in 1964, uh, President Johnson signed this Civil um, Rights Act of 1964 to say, okay, now it's, um, it's legal for all men and women to be black men and women, black and brown women, Black, you know, black folks, we know, uh, to be treated equally. Um, it, we have to outlaw segregation. We got we to stop doing that. And with our church and taking the posture of saying, okay, this is, I'm, and Pastor Steve, look, when you said what you said three weeks ago, and if you all are watching this and you haven't seen the sermon from three weeks ago, when you opened it up and talked, I was so like, yes, that's it. That, that, that is it. You're being uncomfortable. And I think sometimes people don't, not sometimes, we don't like being uncomfortable. Mm-hmm. We want to stay in our comfort. We want to stay where things are great and don't rock the apple cart and let's just be comfortable. But it's like, no, we ain't. <laughs> we speak <laughs> up. So I appreciate you doing that. Mm-hmm. Um, and Faith, I was... Uh, I was somewhere recently where you spoke up in public and I was so glad because uh, I was joining Cornerstone Teenagers uh, marching in Livermore uh, saying, hey, we, we want to, we, we, you know, we, we want to talk about this and we want to march. And so I went out with a lot of our young people and there you were. And uh, at the march, there was uh, somebody speaking that was actually, I didn't think she was doing that great of a job as far as what she was saying or even how she was saying it and i saw you and you just took over and you went up on that stage and i was like oh thank god faith is up there because you spoke prophetically as a christian woman local woman uh and what where your heart is and uh, it, it just turned that group and that's what i think that we don't realize how how powerful we are we can actually turn situations and conversations for the positive. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no doubt. No doubt about it. Yeah, what she was saying was something a little cray cray. I don't I wasn't too sure what was happening, but it was the inquisition. You can't you can't speak down to the police. They are there. They are protecting us. Our mayor, right? Our chief of police was saying, "Hey, we we want to learn. We want to march. We want to protest. We want to say what is wrong and we will not stand for it." And, and I think she, she was kind of like at another rally. I'm like, this ain't what this is. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> and I saw you and, I'm, and, I, and I, all I remember in my heart, I, I whispered to my husband, um, I said, I gotta, I gotta do something. I gotta do something. He's like, yeah. what? I'm like, 
I don't know. I it's telling me to, I got to like get up there. And I remember Amen. running up on stage while I was, I was waiting and I told the gal, can I just say something? And, and there was a line of people to speak. And then I said to them, I said, can I, cause I work in radio, you know, my, my background. And I said, can I just talk? It's going to be 90 seconds. Like right. I know how to hit it and quit. Let me just, let me just share. And this guy, <laughs> he said, we could do a tag team. I'm like, probably not. Let no. me just do my thing. Me, yeah. And then, you know, I'm going to get down. I'll hand you the mic. But I just wanted to let them know our officers, men and women, if you're watching, you are appreciated and you are loved. Amen. Amen, amen, amen. Yeah. Well, one of the things that is, is I've struggled with, with, you know, and it was, it was true four years ago with Ferguson and everything that was going on over there, and it's been true today, is how um, I feel like the, the conversation, more news media and nationally, it narrows in on the, the, the one issue of police brutality. And so it becomes right. a, a blue versus black mm -hmm. thing. And then there's a lot of arguing. There's a lot of statistics that right. on both sides that, no, this proves you're wrong. And then this proves, and we get into this little arguing match around one result of a deeper issue and one kind of mm -hmm. surface level um, of many surface level issues that arise in our country around a deeper level issue. And so I think one of the things that we want to do as a church, and I think we've succeeded at and failed at, is we want to go to that deeper, more biblical, that gospel heart issue. Amen. Um, and not start with some of the results of that issue, which, which manifests itself in all sorts of ways, one of which is the, the police brutality, policing culture versus the, you know, the African-American perspective on that. Um, not that there's not valid things to talk about in that discussion. There are, but that's a, a symptom of a deeper root cause. And Amen. so as a church, that's where we're going. And that's what we want to be about is figuring out those deeper causes that go into history, that go into gospel and the Bible and, and mm -hmm. sin and all the things, some of the things we talked about this weekend. And then I think once we have a better grasp on some of those things, then we can talk about some of the issues that manifest themselves out of that, like police brutality or other things in a way that maybe we have a little more common ground. I couldn't agree more, Chris, because um, not every situation is police brutality. Sometimes it's very much policemen doing their job uh, against, and then other times it isn't. Each case is different, but like you said, the, the incident fires everything back up because the real issue is not being uh, solved. And I think that's where the church in America could really be part of the solution. And Faith, you mentioned politics. You know, we've had people email us, you know, like, I, I wish you guys would stop with the politics and get back to scripture. And I, I, we never entered into politics this whole four weeks. Uh, uh, this was a very gospel centered. Some people view the gospel as uh, Jesus died on the cross and saved me from my sin. That's the gospel. But the gospel is so much more than that. The gospel is, Jesus said, I came to release the oppressed. I came to free the captives. I came to declare the year of the Lord's favor. Um, mm -hmm. So, and Jesus' brother, James, the gospel is James 119. Be quick to listen, slow to speak, and slow to anger. And this issue has riled a lot of people up, a lot of Christian people. Uh, oh, I'm so mad. I'm so mad. It's like, well, James 119, how about don't get mad so fast? let's listen let's 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 uh uh and then if we see someone that we decide is vulnerable or even oppressed the gospel says take the side of the oppressed mm -hmm. uh whether you're talking about micah 6 8 um 
Yeah, he's shown you, O oh man, what is good to live justly, love mercy, and walk humbly with God. Or you're talking about Jesus in Luke chapter four, where he said, "I've come for the oppressed." Um, yeah, I want to. I, I I so agree with you, Steve. I, and and in a comment you made there, I um, one of the statements you made, I see a lot of people in our community they get stuck right there because um, the gospel always sides with the oppressed, and that's where people that we've talked to and are, are part of our, our fellowship and are growing and coming along, but also would say, you know, in 2020, black people aren't oppressed. So yeah, the gospel sides with those who are oppressed, but there's no one for me to side with right now because there's no one being oppressed right now. And so that's where we have, we still have a ways to go on this journey because a lot of people do get tripped up right there. And so, um, and that's, I think that's why we all felt like sending me in the direction of communal responsibility Right. Uh, because that that is a very individualistic viewpoint um, and and a very viewing 2020 as if there's no context to 2020 as if the world just appeared in 2020 without like hundreds of years of history leading us to 2020 um, and I, I thought one of the things that I didn't get into in the sermon this weekend but I really wanted to was I made a comment um, when we we're when we we're looking at the text in Daniel chapter nine about how um, sin, the effects, the results of sin, the pain of sin and the results and the consequences, all that. It doesn't go away when the individuals who commit the sin or the individuals who are hurt by that sin go away or die. It, it has communally has generational effect. And so you can't view, even biblically, you can't view the year 2020 and what's happening now in isolation. You have to view it in context of our history and generational sin. Um, and so I, I, um, I'm passionate about the issue of when someone says that black people aren't oppressed in 2020, um, I'm, I'm very sensitive to that because I, I couldn't more firmly disagree yeah, it's not the same as it was in slavery, and it's not even the same as it was in uh, Jim Crow era. Um, but all of that is still at play. Like, there's generational effects to all of that, including incidents that still happen today, i.e. some of John's stories that he told in week two. Mm -hmm. I don't know. I'll get off you my know, Yeah, no, no, that's a lot. And, and you know what? And that's true. Because this is, when I hear that, I often say, okay, can you walk in a room and see someone who looks like you? Can you turn on the television and see your race represented? Or do you ever feel like when you're stopped by a police officer that I'm nervous, we all get nervous, but you ever think, let me record just in case if something goes down. And I asked my husband, I'm married um, to a white guy, last I checked. Just kidding. Um, and, uh, and I remember asking him, because you have to understand, um, you know, when you're married, I've been married 23 years, still on the honeymoon. I never walk around and say, my husband's white, my, hus my husband's white. Like, I don't think about that. People a long time ago didn't get that. I said, well, how do you not realize? I said, he's Daniel. He's just, you know, he he's, he's my spouse. But we have even had to have conversations. You see, our family, our children, my teens, that you may be hearing, we base everything on love. So I'm like, did you struggle not, you know, knowing who you were and race? And they're like, no, no. Oh. It's like, 
did anyone ask you to take a side? And he's like, no, we're black. Like, what's the big, <laughs> they just, you know, it, because we based it on love, on love. We remember when we got together, okay, you know, we're going to raise them this way, that way. Let's say, okay, stop. <laughs> How about love? How about love? Because what we don't understand, we know the Lord will reveal. And I think because we've done that, our kids not only can talk to anybody, are comfortable in any situation, and they are free, you know, celebrating Christ, but, but they're free. They know who they are. Mm -hmm. They know who they are. And I think what you said, Chris, in your message, when you said, we can't be ignorant or silent anymore. They know who they are, but I have a 17-year-old son, so he's been taught, because he's driving now, when you drive, you know, and you're stopped, you know where to place your hands, and you don't move them until the officer comes, you say hi, and you smile, and, you know, you just, there's certain things we have taught him, and I'm sure other black and brown people have taught them the same way. You just, you just, and then somebody said, well, we teach everybody that. Eh, not uh -oh. much. Uh -oh. it's, it's, it's different. You know, my son is goofy, and you know, he gets nervous. So I'm like, keep your hands still, oh. you know, and, and it, it, that's where we are as a culture. And, but we are oppressed. But like you said, um, like you said, Chris, we can't be ignorant anymore. And Tim Keller's right. story, brilliant, brilliant. People don't like it, but it's brilliant. Well, Tim Keller's brilliant. So uh, he's, he's, Tim Keller's gone a long way on this topic and um, has, uh, obviously come down firmly on the reality of um, systemic racism in America as a leading conservative um, theological voice on the, the biblical realities. And so I borrowed a portion of my service was, sermon was borrowed from him because um, he's so wise in his perspective and ability to step back and critique white culture um, as a leader in white Christian culture, I, I value his voice a lot, and he's led the way in, in a lot of these areas. And he actually quoted, one of the things we haven't gotten into is, is the idea of implicit bias, um, that every human has implicit biases. Implicit means um, you don't know that you have oh. this bias. Like, it's, it's, not, it's not explicit where you, people can see it. It's hidden. And so Tim Keller has done a good job on implicit bias, too. He, he quoted a, a study of um, preschool teachers, um, just broad demographic of preschool teachers who were doing this study and um, they would put up pictures and they would just test reactions. Um, and more often than not, uh, across the whole study, uh, preschool teachers who are the sweetest, nicest people in the world, right. um, when black or brown faces were shown, they indicated more concern um, and worry about the behavior and activity of that child. Um, just based off of skin color. And so there's, there's so much research in our culture. Um, and, it, and it's tied to our history because we've been telling stories about black people um, and throughout our history. And those narratives don't just like immediately disappear when a law is passed or when th they stay with us for generations. And there is an implicit bias that I've had my whole life um, that I still have. Um, and it's not even all, you know, it's, we can look at it from a black, white perspective, but uh, you know, I have biases against all sorts of things um, that influence the way I speak and behave that there's so many layers to the, to the growth that we all have. And I have so far to go and we all have so far to go. And, and I think that's one of the things we're trying to communicate is just the openness to, 
we have a ways to go. And, and trying to push back at the people who are closed off and think that this is ridiculous, that we even have to, you know, it's, it's the, the, the hardness of heart and the unwillingness to look and see, do I have a, anywhere to grow? Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, is, is sad when I see that. And, and I've, it's been in myself too, so I can't judge yeah. too much. How do you deal with those people, Steve and Chris? Like, how do you deal with those people that said, this is silly, this is ridiculous. Why are you doing this? Why are you doing this? Because you two have had to take, um, <clears throat> you know, your stance, but you, you've, I, I mean, I, I, it, just, it just blows my mind that, that people don't see that there's a problem. It's like, no, no, no. Well, Faith, you know, we said we want people to listen and to learn. And so when a person speaks to me, even in that tone, I have something to learn from them. So the first thing I do is I read their email. Uh, I usually read it more than once. And I don't just start responding. I think now what's, what's behind this? Does, does this person truly not believe there's a problem? Has this person been uh, uh, personally wounded? Uh, and if this person is in our congregation, it's my job as a shepherd to, to lead them in whatever way I think is appropriate. So the first thing is a, uh, just a humble response. Like, Hey, thanks for reaching out. And I'm sorry that you feel that, you know, we're, we're not doing it right. Or we said something that offended you. And, uh, and then just try to uh, have a conversation around that. And of course the worst conversations are ones in writing because you have too much time to think about what you're going to say and how you're going to say it. And you, you're always rewording it. The best way to interact is to say, Hey, let's get on a zoom call. Let's look at each other's faces or, let's put on our mask and, and go sit at a coffee shop or whatever, you know, there's, there's outdoor open now. So we've, we've actually, uh, uh, one police officer's wife reached out to me. She ran into me and just said, Hey, would you reach out to my husband? He's really struggling with some of the stuff you're saying. And yeah. So next thing I know, he and I are getting together and, uh, we sat outside at a restaurant for about two hours, uh, and just talked about, and he had a lot of really intelligent things to say. And I didn't, agree with everything he said but uh he spoke from his own experience and from data and i don't know i think it's a very complicated issue so uh the bible says a soft answer turns away wrath and so uh an experienced pastor will respond uh with a soft answer and show respect to someone even if you don't agree with what they're saying and you know we've had a lot of amazing conversations around this and, you know, we're talking about people being upset, but a lot of people, they're like, finally, I mean, thank God. Yeah, uh, most emails we're getting are, I'm with you, praise God, this is amazing, or I'm growing. an amazing church. Um, that's the overwhelming majority. So I, we, but I don't want to diminish the fact that how hard this is and, and how even the people who are with us and saying, amen, cheering us on. It's not like they're like, well, this is easy topic. You know, they're Mm -hmm. wrestling too. We're all in this process of uncovering things about our culture, our society, and as it relates to us. um, That I think. Yeah, I got I got an email from one couple in our church that have been with us since the beginning, and uh, they're a little bit older than me, and they are the coolest people. They're white, uh, and they just said, "Thank you. This hasn't been easy, but you know, it's really causing us to evaluate our feelings." And I, my response to them was. I don't think you're part of the problem at all. I don't think you have a racist bone in your body. Thanks for the response, but, you know, <clears throat> but that was their humble response. Like, yeah, that's awesome. That's you're awesome. a great, you're a great pastor. I couldn't be, y'all would kick me out. 
You'd be no. like, her, she's gone. No way. <laughs> you're, you're the solution because look how winsome you are. You've got some stories and, and I know you have some stories. And yet you come off so spirit filled and so winsome and so happy. It's disarming. And no, I think you're, you're it. You, you just, we need a lot more faiths in our church. We need more faith in our church. <laughs> well, because it doesn't, you know, it doesn't, I mean, and don't get me wrong. Sure, we've struggled. Sure, we've, you know, been heavy. But then you can't keep living with that cloak of heaviness. Mm -mm. You can't continue to, um, you know, like, like not address it, you know, like kind of keep sweeping it under, sweeping it under, you know, and the reality of the great emails that you've been getting I mean, praise God for those and praise God for the people that are struggling and the people that have to come to their realization and say, okay, what am I like, what's going on? Like, let me really address this. I've just learned because of my background, because of some of the things that I've been through, because of significant trauma from my past, I could be bitter or I could mm -hmm. be better. And I choose Amen. to be better. I choose to use my voice for my mom and dad that saw for coloreds only <clears throat> and for whites only in the right. South growing up, you know, um, and even still now my dad, how ha, he may behave around a bunch of white men in their 70s or 80s, his thinking immediately you know, what are, you know, just his protective and, and everything. And now when I said, Hey daddy, I'm going to march, I'm going to do this. And he's like, honey, we've been doing that. You know, we did that in 1916. We did that here. We did that there. And, and he feels the change coming and the excitement. So mm -hmm. that's what gives me hope marching beside my, my son and my daughter, my, my kids, mm -hmm. my white husband that we giggle, you know, about, I'm like, do you ever think we'd be like marching doing this stuff? And he's like, no, but here we are. And, and isn't it beautiful to see all the young people on the street? Our, this next generation is going to push this forward. And I'm so proud of all the Christian young people I saw out there. And, uh, and they're not letting their, they're not, they're not being co-opted, say, by Marxist thinking or any of this that's, no, they're just out there saying people we're all one, you know, we, we've got to speak. And I think that's the Christian message. Uh, while you were talking, I thought of that scripture. It says, he will give you beauty for ashes, mm. the oil of joy Amen. for mourning, a garment of praise for the spirit of heaviness, that we would be trees of righteousness, the planting of the Lord, that he might be glorified. And I think that's what's going to come mm. out of this. If the church will lead the way. Yeah. Definitely. I love that. That's beautiful. Love it. Um, I, I, I know a lot of people who've gotten tripped up by the rioting that's happening in conjunction or association or extension of the protesting and marching. Um, what, for the people who are stuck on, I can't hear the message because the rioting is ticking me off and therefore I'm not going to hear anything because I don't understand the rioting. Um, what do you say? What's your perspective on that? What do you say to those people? Well, if I can, if I can just take this, Bob. No. <laughs> <laughs> Who's Bob? <laughs> I'll take this, Bob. You know, like, a, <laughs> sorry. So this is what I say. When people always say, 
well, why are they angry? Why are they looting? Why are they rioting? I say, well, hold up. First of all, there's different types of people who are out there who their mm. agenda is mm. not pure. Mm -hmm. Number one, like Pastor Steve said, you have young people, especially a lot of young white people in our community, they are leading the charge. They are godly, they are fearless, and they are loving. <clears throat> and peaceful. Peaceful. No one's throwing anything, whatever have you. Then you, unfortunately, you have your people who are a lot of opportunists that are just there to cause trouble, to, to wreak havoc, right? And they are righteously angry, but instead of using it for good, they use it for bad. And then you have your other people who unfortunately will go through you know, a glass window where we'll go through something to get a loaf of bread or food or, and you think, okay, why are that people, why are they so food insensitive or food insecure? Like what, what's, what's happening in their mind? I can't speak for those people because that's not me. I look at the, I look at the, not the, the, the what, but the why. Okay. Why, 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 why are they doing all this? Well, let's just look back. It's a buildup, a buildup, a buildup. I see it as equivalent of shaking a can of soda, shaking a can of soda, and then you just open a little bit and you just, that air comes out. And then all of a sudden you're like, wait, don't open it up too much. And it's just, and that's where you have a lot of people are angry and people, now I don't condone all of that. I'm not, I'm not no, into breaking windows. Not. No, that's not, <clears throat> that's not how you get your message across because Chris, like you said, people are only going to focus on that one thing. And I say for the people, if you can't see past that, then clearly, unfortunately, you won't get the message because you'll always be holding on to that. That's like a child who stole a piece of candy. Okay, back in the day, we got whoopings. I don't know, today, everybody does punishes their kids differently, whatever, have disciplines differently. But back in the day, we got a whipping. Okay, or let's just say I cut school a long time ago. Okay, and I might've gotten spanked. Okay, my mother extremely believed in that, right? So I got spanked and let's say I fell and I got a bruise. And people are like, oh my God, that's abuse. Your mother, you know, you got an abuse, uh, you know, a bruise. Well, I, I did this. Well, that's probably a bad analogy because my brain is going. And I never got a bruise from my mother. Mommy, I'm sorry if you're watching. She's like, I'm going to get you at 90. Here's my cane. I'm going to bruise you now. <laughs> You can, but but you have to see past that. You just have to see the why. That's that's. Yeah. I mean, that's, that's the whole thing. There are people that don't mean well, and well, why are they? Are they? Are they? That's what I hear too, Chris. And I just say, look, look, look at the why. A lot of people are tired, and then people will react differently. And like yeah. you said, Steve, I can't agree with everything you're doing, but I just know the message and the posture that I am going to create, which is education and which is love. Mm -hmm. And and if you're going to protest, protest peacefully. Um, you know, everybody got mad at, not everybody, but a lot of people got mad at Colin Kaepernick, but that was the most peaceful protest I've ever seen. And, you know, somehow he didn't have the right to do that. Um, yeah, I don't know. I That was very peaceful. And in hindsight, yeah. But also, don't you think some of this is being, like, I think you said this, like people are, that aren't even, part of the cause are jumping in, in anarchy and like the, the guys that came in and, and with, and tried and, 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 uh, sh and shot the police officers in Oakland. Those, those Horrible. guys weren't even. Horrible. They're not part of the. They're not no. part of the message. 
Yeah, that's that's yeah. disgusting. That and that's all over the country, right? Certain people are are protesting Oakland, peaceful, peaceful, and then you had your one or two that didn't mean that didn't mean well. They were up yeah. to no good anyway. Right. Yeah. What do you? What about another people? Uh, a lot of people get tripped up by the um, the slogan or the organization of Black Lives Matter. And it, it's like, it's like, it just stops them dead in their tracks and prevents them from going any further into the discussion because that, that, and, and they have different perspectives on it. Not everyone's the same who gets tripped up by that, but they do get tripped up by that. Um, what are, what are your guys' feelings on the, on the banner slogan movement, Black Lives Matter and how that affects uh, the conversation? Uh, the organization Black Lives Matter, they're pretty clear with their goals and I don't agree with their goals. Um, no, I mean, some of them, yeah, but not all of them. Uh, it's definitely not something I could get behind. But the thought that Black Lives Matter, yeah. So I separate those in my mind. Mm. If, if, I, if I say that I believe that Black Lives Matter, it doesn't mean I'm supporting an organization called Black Lives Matter. And if I march and some people there are part of that movement, okay. I'm not saying that I'm part of that movement because, uh, because I, I want to step up and say that it's, it's more complex than that. And I, when people just simplify it to, well, that means you're supporting this and that. It's like, no, it doesn't. You mm -hmm. can't tell me what I'm supporting and not supporting. Yeah. Yeah. That's exactly how I feel. It's, what you, what everything, you know, what you just said, I see it equivalent as, um, Jesus about to have dinner with people that weren't so nice in the community and they didn't have a good reputation. And people were like, okay, um, I'm here, I'm here, I'm here, I'm here. That's what happens when you, <sighs> okay, I'm so sorry. Uh, no, I'm so sorry. I'm so sorry. I'm so sorry. Okay. My daughter, no, no, no. My daughter is a missionary in Mexico and nobody, Nobody is telling her. I'm going to, I'm just a whole. <laughs> While Faith is doing that, um, yeah. let me just, let me just jump in. You know who else Jesus reached out to? We always hear about how he reached out to Samaritans and, and we always hear the prostitute, whatever. And, but Jesus also reached out to centurions mm -hmm. and those were the occupying force uh, against the Jews. And so Jesus was, that'd be like an African-American pastor reaching out to police officers and saying, this guy's a good guy. This guy's a good guy. And mm -hmm. that whole uh, sermon that Dr. Uh, Brenda Salter McNeil brought us about Peter, oh, remember yeah. he was going to a centurion's house and we can't appreciate what it's like to, to be occupied like that by the Romans. But here the church was reaching out to the police and, uh, and very much uh, the Jewish people were oppressed by the Romans, but here, the church was bridging that gap. So mm -hmm. I love it. We are bridging that gap. <clears throat> That's exactly what we're doing. I can't stand behind everything. The organization of BLM does. I don't. I can't. Yeah. And I don't either. And I, but I can march and walk and protest. I can and do that. And, and, you know, when people hear it, I listen, <laughs> like I said, you know, I, I'm so happy Jesus didn't get caught up in everyone looking like him and sounding like him and obeying everything he said and doing everything exactly how you're supposed to do. You can support 
Black Lives Matter because my life does matter. And so does Chris, your kids, my family, our congregation, you know, look at me, our congregants, like I work with y'all, but our congregation, they matter. You don't have to get so caught up in, you know, in, in a name or, okay, let's do it this way. I agree with what you said. I haven't um, agreed with everything that we spoke or shared about the last four or five months, but you know what? we're moving forward. We're, we're doing something. It, it concerns me, the people that have this, this, um, this air, but you ain't doing nothing. Like, what is your contribution? Like, what are you doing? Are you just going to sit around and complain? Or are you one of the ones that's stepping up and that is educating and doing something? I am so blessed of all the messages that I've been getting from people saying, not help me, help me, help me, but what can I do? And I would say education mm-hmm. and education, you know, and, and, and education and, and books and having conversations that aren't comfortable. Mm-hmm. And as long as you're cool with that, but let's let's have conversations and this is yeah. what beyond sunday is all about i think for most of us yeah. that's our number one next step is continuing to learn and educate and dig into issues that maybe we thought we had figured out but there's a lot more to learn and um and for a lot of people like this is all new conversation right so they don't have a strong opinion they're not mad at us and they're not they're just they're diving into this and they're they're learning about concepts that Maybe they haven't spent a time learning about it. So we, so before it's like, do these call these people and take these action steps? I think even more important is, is to step back and say, let's, let's keep learning. Um, and let's keep listening, having conversations, um, and let the next steps flow out of those conversations as the Lord leads us, um, through this journey. And also forgiveness, mm. you know, cause if you, if, if you're, if you're struggling and, and if you have a hardened heart because you have had to look in the mirror and ask yourself some unimportant questions, I would say take the posture of humility and forgiveness. Number one, forgiving yourself. Don't constantly live in the past. And we're not saying, I had a message the other day. One gal was like, well, I'm just sorry. I'm white. I didn't do that. I'm like, Oh, yeah. No, no. She said, you're not going to like my response because I'm white. I said, it's okay. I married a white man. My mother-in-law is white. My children are part white. I got an uncle that's white. Let's not only don't get caught up into that. You know, Mm -hmm. the the old me would have popped off in a weird way. But it's like, don't forgive, forgive. I have had to forgive a lot and still on a daily basis because that is what the church is for. This is mm-hmm. what this is all about, forgiveness and healing and love mm-hmm. and not saying we got all the answers. I don't even have all the answers. That's why I started giggling back in the day. People used to look at me and say, Faith, what do you think, girl? I'm like, I don't know, just because I'm black, I can't talk about all the black folks in the world. I'm just, I'm just me. Like, I can't. <laughs> like, please don't give me that pressure. And this yeah. is not what I'm doing. This is my own experience. My experience could be different from my sister who lives in New Jersey, who works at a university that has had to deal with a number of issues that I haven't had to deal with, you know? That's so well said and um, such great perspective. Well, I I appreciate you both um, and uh, and appreciate our church and everyone in our church, um, whether you're, you're like, this is the best series or I hate this series, I'm struggling. We love you either way. 
and we're, we're with you and um and we're all on a journey in this in this topic you may be behind in another topic you may be ahead of us um and so we're we're all in different spots on different journeys and uh, this is a particularly difficult one but even more reason we need to be embarking on it um as uh as representatives of the gospel of jesus christ we have that responsibility as steve said and uh, they said so thank you both and um we are gonna uh, move into a new sermon sermon series next weekend uh, called anchored and um we are going to be talking about uh, being anchored in christ we're going to be talking about hope and uh, hope is something we all need in this season with what's going on in our world and so i'm really excited to jump into this next series steve you're kicking it off preaching next weekend looking forward to that um, but we love you all and uh, we'll talk to you all next week see ya much love